You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. If you haven't uh, been with us for a while, or if you're visiting, you might not know that we've been working through a series on the Trinity. And um, we started off a few months ago looking at God the Father. And then last month, to coincide brilliantly with Easter, well done, elders, we looked at Jesus, God the Son. And then this month, we're looking at God the Holy Spirit. And um, Jody kicked us off last week with Holy Spirit, and then I get to follow up this week. And I think Steve is, is preaching next week. Um, but I must admit, in, in preparing to speak about Holy Spirit, I found it, I found it really tricky to, to find to, to like um, separate and define who he is. Um, and I wanted a portion of scripture that would encompass all the facets of who Holy Spirit is, because they are, they're three in one, right? So often it'll talk about Father who does something, and then I'll be like, yeah, but that's Holy Spirit. And then we'll talk about Jesus pouring something into us, and then I'll be like, but that's Holy Spirit. And so um, there is crossover. There's definitely crossover. But I was asking God to give me one portion of scripture that I feel encompasses all the facets of who Holy Spirit is. And he led me to Ephesians 1. So that's where we're going to start. I feel like there's an echo. Do I need to move or something? Okay. Okay. Sorry, it's a little distracting. <laughs> um, so we're going to start in Ephesians 1. If you'd like to turn there with me. Um, and I thought that a good place to start in looking at Holy Spirit in more depth and just teaching on Holy Spirit would be to, to look at the big picture. Okay, we're going to have a look at the big picture. So let's pray first. Father, I thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, I thank you that even now you are moving. I thank you that you fill your people with all the fullness of yourself. I thank you for joy in this place. I thank you that even as Peter was with Cornelius and spoke of you, that as he spoke, people were filled with your spirit. And I thank you that that will happen here this morning. I thank you for hearts that are open and hungry for you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled in Jesus' name. I thank you that you take every single one of my words and you make them land where you want them to. I thank you, Father, for the authority that you have placed on these words and that it is your spirit that goes out in every word I speak. Amen. Um, okay, so looking at the big picture, before God even made the world, he loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault within us. Within, uh, with, sorry, with, without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family and brought us to himself through Jesus. He wanted to do this, guys. He wanted to do this because it gave him pleasure. He wanted to adopt us as his children just because we please him. Like that in itself blows me away. Um, God knew that this could only be done through the sacrifice of his son, because sin had entered the world, it could only be done through the sacrifice of his son. So the father asked the son to come to earth in the form of a man, to humble himself, and to sacrifice himself, to break the power of sin and death, and reconcile us to the father. Mm. And he did this so that we would be able to have a relationship with him because the sin in the world separates us from God, right? And it's only because of the sacrifice of Jesus that we are able to have that relationship with him. And Jesus, the son, was obedient to the father. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, he is so rich in his kindness and his grace that he purchased our freedom, and forgave our sins by his blood. But he didn't leave us to live our lives as his children on our own. He knew that it would be too difficult. He knew that living a life of purity and devotion to, the, to him in a world where there is still sin and death 
would just be impossible. And he knew that we needed him with us always to help us and to guide us and to empower us to live the lives that pleased him. And so what he did was he sent us Holy Spirit. And I've kind of paraphrased um, the first part of Ephesians 1 in what I've just spoken about. Um, and it's through Holy Spirit that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Holy Spirit living in us helps us, guides us, teaches us. He fills us with himself and gives us gifts that help us to walk out all that God has intended for us. Not only that, but his presence in our lives results in fruit that is pleasing to him. And um, fruit that makes us look and sound and behave more like Jesus. Um, so I'd like to pick up from verse 12 um, in Ephesians 1. We do, I, I have a lot of scriptures. Um, and so some of them I'll be reading through, but some of them you might just want to jot down and have a look at later because, um, yeah, I might not be able to read all of them because of time. But from verse 12 to 14, it says, God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saved you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago, and who is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he purchased us to be his own people. I just want to pick up on a couple of things there. First of all, Holy Spirit is given to believers. Holy Spirit is given to believers. So once we are believers, once we believe in what Jesus did for us, once we accept him as our savior and we submit our hearts and our lives to him, then we are able to receive Holy Spirit into our hearts. And then the other thing um, is how Holy Spirit is set on us. Some, some translations say like a seal. And um, one translation talks of Holy Spirit being given to us like an engagement ring. It says he is our hope promise of a future inheritance. And that's in the Passion Translation. And I love that illustration. If you think of a groom, right now, the only couple in RLA that I can think of that's engaged is Josh and Eliza. Oh, yes, of course. That's right. Patrick and Sierra, too. So when a groom is, um, is wanting to propose, he will save up and save up. And there's this like anticipation. I'm going to ask her. This is so exciting. And he buys a ring, right? And then he gets to the moment where he asks her, will you marry me? And the bride um, says yes. And then the ring is given, that engagement ring is given as, a, as an, um, a symbol of the promises that are to come, right? That engagement ring is given as a symbol of the promises that are to come, the promises that will be made when they stand together and make those vows to one another to be husband and wife for the rest of their lives. And so I love that illustra illustration of, the groom and the bride, and how it's about a promise that is to come. And that is what Holy Spirit is for us. He is the promise of what's still to come. And that can feel a little con confusing. So we're just going to dig into that a little. Um, the word promise in the Greek is epigelia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but epigelia, there we go. Use, and this is used all throughout. The New Testament. So every time we see the word promise in the New Testament, it is this word. This is a pretty cool word. Sorry, I'm a complete geek. <laughs> and I love looking up the words and the meanings and the translations. So um, it's actually a word that was used through all antiquity and as a legal term. And it refers to an officially sanctioned promise. So this means that almost every time the word promise appears in the New Testament, it's God pointing back to the Old Testament, saying, I've always been the same. I've always been the same to my people. My heart for my people has always been the same, even into the future. 
So I love that word promise, right? And it's just an example of God's steadfastness and his faithfulness towards us. Um, he's made his heart for us clear from the beginning of time. And um, so what is our inheritance, right? So if Holy Spirit is the promise of the hope that is to come, our inheritance as children of God, what is this inheritance? It is God himself. It is eternity with him. It is freedom from our bodies that are aging and that fade away. It is freedom from sin forevermore. It is no more temptation. It is no more heartache. It is God himself in all perfection for all of eternity. That is our inheritance. Um, so that's, that's kind of what the beginning of Ephesians 1 talks to us about. Um, and then that would lead into, so this is Paul writing a letter to the church at Ephesus, right? And so he begins by giving them this kind of big picture, talking about like the beginning and God's plan and so on. And then he, he gets to verse 15 and he says, because of this, so for this reason, so because of this big picture, sorry, I thank God for you and I pray for you constantly. Um, and do you have it for me? No? Do we really? Oh, there we go. So from verse 16, it says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking uh, God, that the glorious Father of our Lord, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Sorry. Um, and so I wanted to look, I felt like this portion of scripture just encapsulated three things that I believe that Holy Spirit does in us and for us. And so if I want you to walk away with anything this morning, this is, the, this is what I want you to walk away with. Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation to know God. Holy Spirit gives us understanding of the hope of our calling in Christ. And Holy Spirit gives us power to live out our lives as his children. Okay, so we're going to look at each of those. First of all, wisdom and revelation. He starts off in verse 17 saying, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I love the way the uh, NIV puts it, which I think, yeah. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's what it's all about. It's about getting to know our Father. The Passion Translation says, um, so that you may know him through your deepening intimacy with him and um think about it that is literally what it's all about jesus came and died and rose again so that we could be reconciled to the father so that we could have relationship it's all about getting to know him it's all about knowing who he is and um uh Sorry. So Jesus made a way so that we could know God. And Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and the Father to us. Everything Holy Spirit says and does points us to them. In John 15, verse 26, Jesus is busy talking to, um, to his disciples. And he says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, 
He will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. So he'll come to you from the Father and he'll tell you all about me, right? He'll explain me to you better. In Galatians 4 verse 6, it says, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. It's because of Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's because of the revelation that Holy Spirit, give, that Holy Spirit gives that we're able to understand that he is our Father. Because it's a pretty abstract concept if you think of it, right? It's only because of Holy Spirit that we can understand it and not just understand it, but experience it, like really feel it. Um, and then in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 12, it says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Holy Spirit reveals those things to us. Have you ever been reading your Bible and like you've been reading a passage and suddenly you like stop and you go, whoa, I haven't noticed that before hang on, and you go back and you read it again, and you're like, oh my goodness, Have you, has that ever happened? It happens to me. That is Holy Spirit. That is Holy Spirit giving us that wisdom and revelation. And do you know what? Every single time without fail, every time it happens, start taking notes. Every time it happens, we are getting better understanding of who God is or who Jesus is. That's what it does. He points to them. And um, yeah, with um, I had every time it happens, I'm learning something that I hadn't understood before or realized before, and um, Holy Spirit shows us more of who God is and more of who Jesus is. And I feel like the Trinity is such a perfect picture of honoring one another. I've been thinking about this as I've been prepping to um, see Jesus because of his love for his Father. Because of how much he loved his father, he chose to be obedient and come and die for us. And God the Father, because of how much he loves Jesus and because of how thankful he was for his sacrifice, chose to place him above all things, above all dominion and all power. And then Holy Spirit, because Jesus is ruler of all, Holy Spirit just keeps pointing to Jesus and the Father, pointing our eyes to them. Why? Well, because I believe we, we won't know who we are until we know whose we are. We won't know who we are until we know whose we are. By knowing God and knowing him more intimately, it helps us to know who we are. Why were we created? Why are we on this earth? It helps us to know all of the wonderful things that we get to walk in and experience simply because he loves us and we are his. See, some believers think that um, being a follower of Jesus means saying no to lots of things. It's like, okay, I'm a Christian now, so um, I can't do that. And uh, no, I need to say no to that. And no, I need to say no to that group of friends and um, no, no, I need to stay away from that because it's not good for me. But guys, it's about, it's not about all the things that we have to say no to. It's about who we've said yes to. It's about what we've said yes to, right? And as we focus on who we've said yes to, as we get to know who we've said yes to, everything we've said no to or have to say no to just fades away because we just become so enamored with who he is. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 13 to 18, sorry, it says, We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, 
Whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, so when we read like the law, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But when someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away for the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So we are to get to know him better so that we can be transformed to look like him. That's what it's about. Another translation um, words, verse 18, like this, it says, um, it's the Passion Translation, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, thank you to Jesus. With no veil, we become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Again, like the more we get to know him, the more we grow in our intimacy with him, the more we start to look and sound and walk and live and love like him. What a glorious, wonderful, beautiful, kind, kind God. Okay, so three things, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation to know him. Holy Spirit gives us understanding of the hope of our calling in Christ Jesus, and Holy Spirit gives us power to live out our lives as children of God. We're going to look at the second one now, hearts enlightened to know the hope of our calling. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Holy Spirit helps us understand that we have our inheritance in Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about how when we come to Jesus, we, God places us in Christ. He places us in Christ. Somewhere else it talks about how God takes us from the, the kingdom of darkness and places us into the kingdom of light. And um, so it, it's about learning what this new kingdom looks like. It's about learning all that God has for us as we walk in his kingdom. Romans 8 verses 14 to 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. If we are able to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So what does it mean to be an heir of God? And what is that bit about suffering? I don't know if I like that, right? <laughs> Romans 8 verses 22 to 25 says, For we know that all of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Thanks, love. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of our future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. So yes, these bodies are wasting away. These bodies get old, these bodies get sick, 
And because sin and death still live, sin and death are still um, in this world, still present in this world, our bodies, these fleshly bodies, are dying. But he will give us different bodies. His life within us even helps us live in these bodies that we currently have. Because of sin still being in this world, our bodies are finite. They're temporal and slowly wasting away. And, um, but Holy Spirit knows all that we are still to receive as children of God. Some of those things will be things that we get to receive here. We get to walk more in his power and his presence. We get to know the sweetness of being able to be intimate with him and commune with him. We, will, we, know, um, we get to know what it is to be part of his bride, of his body. This is what he's coming back for. So we get to love on each other and get to know each other here before eternity. Um, but then some things we will only get. Some things, part of our inheritance, we will only get when we, when we get to eternity. Holy Spirit helps. He keeps us hoping in the future. He keeps us hoping in our future. Romans 15 verse 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of Holy Spirit. As Holy Spirit helps us to get to know our God more, we learn more and more that he is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. And our hearts are filled with joy and peace as we learn to trust in him more. And because we know that he's trustworthy, because we know and we can see in scripture that throughout all of history, he has been steadfast and faithful towards his people, um, we have hope by his Holy Spirit that he will be the same towards us. And God is the one who fills us with hope. The Holy Spirit is the one who keeps us hope overflowing in our hearts. It's a hope in what? Hope in our future, both here and in eternity. And I want to make that clear. It's not just all about eternity. Guys, we get to walk in so much here. The thing is... Um, yeah, when we, think about, when we think about the faith it takes to keep hanging on sometimes, right? The faith it takes to keep hoping. That saying that the best is yet to come, like, that is so true of God's people. But sometimes it's hard to, to hold on to that and to walk in that. And it takes some crazy faith to believe it. And um, although, although it's hard to believe, sometimes we know that it's true. And it's because the hope comes from him. It's not our hope. We can't conjure it up. We can't fabricate it. The hope comes from God. It's supernatural and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how sometimes things can be going wrong. Things can be really painful. We can be having a hard time. And yet we have this hope inside of us. That, guys, is Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 5 says, But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. It's a righteousness that he has promised, and we are waiting expectantly for it. Um, number three, power to live out our lives as children of God. Remember, there were three things, right? Let me go back to my three things. Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation so that we can know our God. He gives us understanding of the hope of our calling in Christ Jesus. And he gives us power to live out our lives as children of God. So those three are all taken directly from the Ephesians 1 passage that I was talking about earlier. So Ephesians 1, 19 and 20 is where it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power 
that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Um, again, uh, another translation reads that uh, he prays that we will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to us through faith. Now, I found this passage, this scripture quite interesting because that phrase there, that phrase, for us who believe him, not believe in him, for us who believe him. And I felt like there are two ways for us to understand that. The first is obviously for us who believe him, like us who believe in him as, as, um, as children of God, right? For us who believe in him um, as our savior and our Lord, that there is power available to us. But then also, is it not for us who believe in, or who believe him, who believe that Holy Spirit in us fills us with power? We actually have to believe that Holy Spirit fills us with power, right? We have to believe that he does. Too many believers don't walk in the fullness of the power that's available to us. We just, because we don't believe always that, they have, that we have been filled with immeasurable power. Sometimes we just don't believe that we've been filled with this immeasurable power that raised Christ from the dead. It is quite an out there thing to believe. Um, and I wanted to um, look at a verse in Acts where Jesus is talking with his disciples. Um, so after Jesus was raised from the dead, he spent time on earth with his disciples before he was taken up into heaven. And just before he leaves, the last thing he says to them before he is taken up into heaven is in Acts 1 verse 8, where it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In fact, um, another scripture in, yeah. In fact, in Luke, um, 29. In Luke 29, Jesus says to his disciples, don't leave. Don't leave the city until you have been filled with power. Jesus knew we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. We need his power. And the word power there is dynamis. Dynamis. I don't know how to pronounce it again, but you can kind of hear it's where we get our word dynamite from. It means miraculous power. And that one word for power is used in the Greek 120 times in the New Testament. 120 times. It's an important word. But it's often overlooked by us as the church. We forget to lean into Holy Spirit's power. We try to do things in our own strength. I find it interesting how Jesus connects being filled with Holy Spirit power to being witnesses, to telling others about him. See, we can't tell others about him without Holy Spirit power inside of us. Isn't that crazy? Like, he wants us to tell others about him, but he's like, yeah, let me help you. I'll give you my spirit so that you can, you can tell others about, him, about me. But the other thing that blows me away is it comes back to knowing him, right? Because if we don't know him, what are we going to tell people? It all comes back to knowing him. In John 3, Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus, who was one of the high priests, I think, in the region. Um, he, yeah, he was one of the religious leaders that was really high up in the region. And um, Nicodemus came to Jesus because he had this like wrestling inside of him. He could see that there must be some truth in what Jesus was teaching, but it was so against everything that he knew up until that point. So he, he came in the dead of night to speak to Jesus and to kind of like wrestle through these questions that he had. And in verse 6, Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, like humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual 
life. And I've, I've taken that scripture to heart in so many different ways, even in my parenting. When I try and do things in my own strength, the fruit is very limited, right? It's not that there won't be fruit. There will, there will, there'll be good fruit, but it's limited. Why? Because I'm not eternal and I'm fallible. But Holy Spirit inside of us gives birth to spiritual life. And those seeds never die. Never, never, never. They keep growing, in fact. God's kingdom is an ever-advancing kingdom. Ever-advancing. Ever. Those seeds that we sow into our children's hearts when they're little, they keep growing. Um, it's more than just about being witnesses. It's about needing the power of Holy Spirit to simply walk out this life as God's children, to live lives worthy of our calling. We can't do that in our own strength. And God knew that. Isn't he kind? Isn't he wonderful? He knew that. And that's why Jesus told the disciples, don't go until you have received Holy Spirit. In other words, don't try this on your own. You need my presence with you. And because I have to go, I'm sending someone else who will stay with you. In Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, it says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And this is something that I love about Holy Spirit. He lines my heart up with what God's heart is. I have a, um, an illustration of this. Um, that I thought of while I was preparing, and I had to look back in one of my journals, and actually, like, the title that I wrote in my journal was A Lesson in Connecting with God's Heart. <laughs> it's um, December 2019, and um, we were away as a family. Um, we were in a city in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and we, were, we got on a bus in the evening to go across town to go and have a look at some Christmas lights. And um, the boys were a few years younger, but um, in their enthusiasm, they got on the bus and they ran to the back of the bus to, to go and get seats for all of us together. And it was one of those buses where not all the seats were in lines like this, but at the back of the bus, they were kind of perpendicular to one another so we could sit facing each other. So they ran and they sat down and I was still coming behind as moms do with bags and all sorts of things and hats and gloves. And, um, and they sat down and when we got there, I, I, I looked and there was a gentleman sitting there um, who had a parole tag on his ankle. And he was kind of sitting with his leg crossed like this and I could see it. And I looked and I was like, okay, well, I live in LA. I've ridden the public transport in LA. This is okay. We can, we, can, we can be okay with this. It's okay. But my mommy heart started like beating a little faster, right? Um, and then um, it was clear to me that this, this person was very high. And, um, and they were mumbling under their breath and they kept looking at my boys. And then my mommy heart got fierce. So I did what any mom would do in that situation. I got up out of my seat. And I stood between this person and my boys so that it would block their view, right? And um, I just stood there and I started praying. And I just started praying. I thank God for my boys. I thank God for, for the future that he has for them, for the things that they're walking in. And I'm looking around the bus and I see two young men sitting a couple of seats further along. And they're both looking at porn on their phones in the bus. And then I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, and I keep praying, and I'm like, Lord, thank you for my boys, that, um, that you are God in their lives. Thank you that they hang on to you. Thank you that you solidify them in your love, and just praying every scripture that comes to mind, like any mom would, right? And then eventually I get 
to a place where I run out of my words to say. So I start praying in tongues and I start praying in the spirit and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And um, when you've been praying in tongues for a while, when you've had the gift of tongues and you've been like practicing the gift of tongues for a while, sometimes Holy Spirit will actually show you what you are praying as your mouth moves in tongues, okay? So um, sounds very out there, but Jody's nodding, so you can trust me on this. <laughs> um, and so I just kept praying in tongues, and I kept praying and praying. And as I was praying, I felt like such a burden come over me for the city. And I started praying for these young men in this bus. And I started praying over marriages in the city. And I started praying that God's spirit would break through into poverty and into homelessness in the city. And I started praying that Jesus would be revealed to these people. And I got such a heart and a burden for them because that is what Holy Spirit does. When we pray with Holy Spirit power and not our own understanding, he lines up our heart to be in line with God's heart so we can pray more effectively. And Holy, so Holy Spirit reveals to us, I've lost my notes. Um, yeah, so in that, in that moment, my heart, um, the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And um, just a word on speaking in tongues, if I may. <laughs> um, I know that it's not, uh, it's not necessary for believers to be able to speak in tongues. It's not like you're unsaved if you don't speak in tongues. It is a gift, right? We've had that teaching many times. But if I look at scripture and I look at the book of Acts and I look in the New Testament, Whenever the apostles and the disciples prayed for people, whenever someone was filled with Holy Spirit, we always see a fruit of that as speaking in tongues, being able to speak in tongues, being given the gift of tongues. It's not just for the cool kids. This is not high school. It's not high school. It's not just for the cool kids. Um, <laughs> It's for everyone. It's even for the nerds. Um, and it's a faith thing, guys. It's a faith thing. I've prayed for people to be filled with Holy Spirit so many times over the years. And people say to, say to me, I'm hungry. I want to speak in tongues. And I'll be praying for them. And I'll be like, okay, speak. But sometimes we can't speak in English or in our mother tongue and in tongues at the same time. So I, sometimes I'll be praying for someone and, and they'll be saying, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But you can't speak in tongues and in English at the same time. At some point, you have to stop and jump in faith and just open your mouth and start speaking. And it's, the other thing is, um, it's a gift. It's a gift, and we speak mysteries. But our spirits are being built up and strengthened, and our hearts are being aligned with God's as we speak. Okay? It's, it's a mystery, but it's it's his power at work within us. Um, yeah. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes to the, Corinthians, the Corinthian church and he says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. And I think people sometimes misunderstand the scripture to think that, okay, so I, don't, I mustn't be speaking in tongues, or I don't need to be speaking in tongues. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about in the context of a church meeting, it's more helpful to be able to prophesy so that everyone is built up and encouraged, because tongues builds up our own spirits. Um, and this moves us on to the gifts of the Spirit. So we live in Holy Spirit's power, right? We live with his power within us, and part of his power within us outworks itself as gifts that he gives us. And you can read about these in 1 Corinthians 12, um, but they are, they are available to help us to walk in step 
with the Spirit, to keep us in step with the Spirit. And um, I wanted to ask you, have you ever asked for a particular spiritual gift? I remember, as I was preparing, I was, I was reminded of a moment where um, um, someone who was mentoring me at the time said, well, if you could ask the Holy Spirit for any of the spiritual gifts, what would you ask for? I was like, you mean I'm allowed to? I'm allowed to ask? Paul tells us to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire them. So yes, ask. Go read 1 Corinthians 12. What stands out to you? What does Holy Spirit highlight to you? Ask God. Ask God. Galatians 5 also talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and even that is in the context of of walking in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit's power, being filled with Holy Spirit, submitted to Him, um, submitted to Him, changing us. It produces good fruit that glorifies the Father. Remember that scripture in the beginning where we spoke about looking as in a mirror and being transformed by Holy Spirit's power? Well, if you look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, all of those things, are who Jesus is. And we begin to produce, that fruit is, is produced in us as we stay submitted to Holy Spirit. We cannot live a holy and pure life um, set apart for God without Holy Spirit's power inside of us. And I know that even in preparing, it's something that um, that I have just had to speak to God about and realign my heart in. And there have been some things that I've been wrestling with, like, okay, Jesus, if you, Holy Spirit, if you do live inside of me all the time, then I want to see you more. Like, I want to see the effects of you. When we walk into a room, guys, things should change. Atmospheres shift because Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We get to walk in that as his children. Not just some of us, because some of us are special. All of us, as his children, we get to walk in that power and authority because Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Um, okay. I have like four messages here, guys. <laughs> um, I just wanted to maybe land with this. Um, in preparing and just... Uh, preparing for today, but just preparing my heart for today too, over the last few weeks. Um, I've had a particular song. I've had a few songs on my heart, but I have played over and over and over again this one song in my earbuds, in the car, as I go for my run, like wh wherever it is. Um, I have been playing the song over and over again. And when I when I saw the text come through earlier this week from Jody about his set list and I saw God of Revival was the first song, I was like, okay. And then this morning I said to Caleb, I said, my love, like I had finished everything and I was like, okay, I have to get ready, but I need to stay in this place of like just being focused on God and having my heart ready and not get like sucked into the chaos of mom life. I said to Kay, can you just put on some music for me? Guess what the first song is he chose? God of Revival. And I looked at him, I said, okay, why did you choose this song? And he was like, I don't know, I just chose this song. <laughs> and um, it could be coincidence, yeah, maybe, maybe a lot of you are thinking it is. But the prophetic side of me knows how God speaks. And the prophetic side of me knows that weeks ago, God has been speaking this, and that's why that song was in my heart so long ago even. And um, I truly do believe that God's spirit is hovering over us as a church and hovering over the city. And I truly do believe that revival, that we are on the cusp of something beautiful in God. And I know that revival is, is even a word that we, we might have become skeptical about, right? A word that we might even have become blasé about as his church because it's a word that gets thrown around a lot. Um, but I truly do believe it. I believe it. I'm convinced of it. I am even convinced that it's part of why God brought the Benji to LA. 
Um, and I do, I believe, and I know that the elders have been speaking this for a while now too, that we are on the threshold of something big in God. But it's going to take a people who are full and consistently being filled with Holy Spirit to see it happen. It's going to take a church. It's going to take us, God's people, not just RLA, but the church. It's going to take the church to be full of Holy Spirit to see it happen. A church that knows who our God is and know who, knows who we are because of that. A church who has understanding of the hope that he has called us to, of the hope of our future in him, and a church that walks in his power daily, no matter what sphere of life or what sphere of influence we have, no matter how small, no matter how big, walking, leaning into Holy Spirit power in everything. That's what it's going to take, guys. Amen. Um, yeah, the other thing that I really just, I, I kept feeling, and I feel like God is wanting to release, every time, every time I started playing music, every time I started preparing, every time I started looking at scripture is um, joy, just joy, just joy. And there were times where I literally felt, I could feel the joy, I could feel the joy sitting right here. And I believe that that's, that's something that God is wanting to maybe release to us this morning. Um, so... Um, maybe it's just an opportunity for us to respond as a church. Like, um, yeah, respond to Holy Spirit and respond to what he's saying to us in our hearts. And if anything has maybe resonated with you um, about walking more in his power, about catching more of his vision by having Holy Spirit shape our understanding of things, shape our understanding of our future, then um, won't you respond by standing with me? And I can pray with us. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind just maybe closing your eyes for a second and lifting your hands to the Lord. There's something about receiving that we have to be open to it. And this isn't, we're not forcing anything. We, we lo love Jesus and know Jesus and we should want the Holy Spirit because he was a gift from God. God, the Spirit given to us. Such a beautiful gift to lead us into deep revelation and understanding of who he is. Wisdom and revelation, understanding do we understand who our God is? Do we understand what he wants to give us? And to be empowered, to be empowered. And with this power comes these beautiful gifts, but also comes these fruits of the spirit. Are you demonstrating these fruits in your life? Are you walking out these gifts in your life? This, this is what the world sees. And we should want to reveal the glory of God through our lives to the world. And so if you're eagerly desiring more of the Holy Spirit, I just want you to begin to ask God, Lord, I've never asked for gifts. I mean, I've never maybe even understood the gifts, but Lord, I, I, I want them. I want to experience them. I want you to use me. I want to, I want to use the gifts that you have deposited inside of me. You created me. You fashioned me when I was in my mother's womb and I'm here on this planet for a purpose and you've given me gifts and Lord, I want to use them for your glory. Let that be your prayer this morning. Just be praying in your, in your own words. Be, be inviting the Lord to give you these things. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being a giver of good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, our Father of lights. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to move amongst your people. You are Lord. With the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom, freedom to operate in power, freedom to operate in the gifts that you have given us, freedom to be these men and women of God who carry revival with inside of us. 
So, Lord, I just pray by your spirit that your children will come alive. Come alive because revival starts in the heart of people. That your children will come alive by the power of your spirit. As you resurrected Jesus from the dead, your children will come alive. Lord, that your message will be on the tip of our tongue. So we will be witnesses because we are empowered by you. And I just pray, God. I pray for a greater demonstration of your spirit through the life of this local church. Signs, wonders, visions, dreams, prophecy, tongues, prophetic words, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Lord, we just pray for an unleashing of these gifts for the glory of God. For your kingdom to come. For your kingdom to come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. We were able to pray for um, the men on Tuesday night in our men's gathering and just really felt like the Lord wanted to blow on our men in the life of our church. Just, we see anytime Jesus did something significant or anything time God did something significant, when God blew life into, into Adam, he blew. When Jesus uh, um, uh, released the disciples into ministry, he blew over them. When the Holy Spirit came in power and, and acts, he blew like a rushing wind. And I just really pray that you are able to to accept this blowing of God in this season, that you're able to receive God blowing. He wants to blow over your life, but you can't just take it as like, okay, God, I see, I see you're doing something. No, he's doing something within you. Come alive, come alive. Blow God, blow. Lord, those, those spiritual gifts that have been dormant, Lord, I pray that they come alive. Lord, those who have refused certain gifts because of lack of understanding, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life. In Jesus' name, blow. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place to operate and move as you see fit. We welcome you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask you to just close your hands if you're willing, if you um, close, lower your hands, I just for a specific reason. If you've never said yes to Jesus this morning, I, I would love to give anyone an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. And so I believe Angie's been ministering, the Holy Spirit's been just pulling on some of your heartstrings. And if you aren't walking with Jesus this morning, I would love for you to make that decision today. So nobody's looking at you. We're not going to make you do anything funny. But if you say, yes, Lord, I feel it's time for me to surrender my life to you. Start walking and living for you. And if that's you, I just want to ask you to raise your hand so I can pray for you right where you're at. Right where you're at. Is there anyone like that this morning? I want to say, yes, Lord. It's, this, it's my time. The time's now. I hear you clearly, God. Is there anyone like that? All right. Secondly, I just want to pray this. If you feel like you've been operating in your own power, this Christian walk has just been, it's been dreary. I mean, it's been like pulling a, a load of stones that you just cannot pull. And you've been operating in your own power. And I really believe the Lord wants to infill you today. He wants to infill you today. It's not by power nor by might. But by my spirit, says the Lord, it's by the spirit of God that we do this thing. You can't do it on your own. You can't stop sinning on your own. You can't, you can't quit addictions on your own. You can't do these things under your own might, your own power. It takes the Holy Spirit. And if you need that infilling, I'm going to again ask you to just lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask the Lord to blow and fill, 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 God. Lord, I just pray for an infilling over Mike. Lord, I just pray, God, that you feel him right where he's at. God, I pray that he feels just running over, God, just this feeling of pulling, waking up in the morning to have to pull again another day, another day, looking at the day ahead and just look, I don't know how I can do it one more day, Lord. I just pray for an infilling in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, blow, God. Lord, I pray for Denise. I pray for an infilling, God. That she knows that you come alongside and it's like wind in her back. God, she's not, not pulling on her own. She's not on her own doing this thing. God. She's filled by the power of the Spirit. Lord, I pray, I pray, God, for you to blow.
for you to blow, God. For Maria. Or you remind her, you whisper those sweet things that only you know, God. By the power of your spirit, the things you've spoken over her, the things that she knows to be true in the, in the pit of her soul, God. That the circumstances around her might look a certain way, but you have a different report, God. And I pray you remind her of who you are. You remind her by your spirit, God. Let it be, God. Let it be. I pray for Jennifer, Lord. Lord, thank you for the joy that she already has. But Lord, I pray that the gift of joy, Lord, the gift of joy that, that is contagious to others will be overflowing, God, that Lord, she will impart joy to others as she ministers, Lord, as she walks into this new season of, of being on a, a, a wonderful campus, UCLA. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that she be a, a wonderful witness for you. But Lord, I pray she carries something supernatural. She carries something supernatural. And I rebuke the lies of the enemy and, and all the things that he puts on this next generation that's coming through right now. And Lord, we pray for this supernatural. I just see a glow around you, Jen. This is like not, not just now, like as you walk into this season, people are going to be so attracted to you because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We release these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, your sons and your daughters who have their hands up and saying, yes, Lord, infill me again. Infill me again. Jordan, Johan, Brett, Lord, those who just infill me again. Yes, God. Yes, God. Kina, in Jesus' name, infill her, Lord. Infill her, God. Lord, she's so hungry for you, I can tell, God. I just pray that you satisfy her, 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 her heart, God. You satisfy her mind. You will wash her. By the power of your spirit, Lord, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give Jesus praise? Thank you, Lord. All right. Awesome. So I think the kids are going to come down right now. So I am going to ask you guys to take a seat real quick. Um, and then if you're able to, Mothers, if you wouldn't mind standing. Yeah. And then I would, I would also like to see if we can do this. I know it's going to be a big deal. Um, maybe they're ready. Oh, they're ready. Here. All right. Stay standing, mom, because we have some, some very special gift bearers who are going to come to you right now. And this is just a small way of us saying happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, kids, you guys can go back out and go get more flowers for more moms if you want. Judah, up in the front. Ooh, it's, it's a race now. Now it's a race. Kenzie, Myra. Oh, they need to get more flowers. All right. Hey, mothers, I know you probably just sat down, but stand up. We want to give you a big applause. We love you guys so much. Moms, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've been. Thank you for all that you've done and that you do. Uh, you never stop being a mother. I'm not one, but I, I, being a father, I can kind of relate, kind of. 
Um, some of you do double duty. Some of you have done mom and dad and you, you are amazing. And we just want God to uh, bless you today. And so these flowers are just a small token of our affection for you and for the Lord's affection for you. So how about some big love for our moms again? Well done. Awesome. Cool. Ladies, do not forget this Tuesday, you have a meeting at 7 p.m. here. How about a big thank you for Ange? You ministered so wonderfully today. Well done. And last but not least, for the mothers, for the mothers, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some leftover for everyone else. For the mothers first, today, mothers first. There is a bagel bar outside, inside the lobby. Please go enjoy. They're for you. There's some special bagels out there that the men have put on. The men have put on for you guys. So I, I, I was assured that it's not going to be peanut butter and jelly. So it's going to be good. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great week. We'll see you guys soon. Thank <laughs> you.